Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday. Shushan Purim, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Live it to me, live it to me, live it to me. 
So grand, Shushan is the place where it all began. The hidden miracle. One man, second in command, slay all the Jews with his wicked plan. A scheme so miserable. He chose a day for the disaster. 
upside down. So raise your glass if you can see the hidden meaning it's right in front of you. We will never be, never be anything but proud to tell the story then out for who. Won't you come on and come on and raise your Pulling strings from behind the scenes She wore the royal crown Three days the Jew just prayed Queen Esther risked her life Went to save the day She took Haman down The streets were filled with celebration Everyone ate hamantashen Jubilation for the nation Shoo, Atam, Haita, Lanitzah 
General, the scout you sent out four days ago has just returned. Show him in immediately, Lieutenant. Corporal Rappaport, just back from four long, hot days on the desert's hands, reporting, sir. At ease, at ease. Well, what do you have to report, Corporal? I am my Christ. I am my Christ. Lieutenant, quickly, a cold drink for the Corporal. Yes, sir. Listen, Lieutenant, if you don't mind, could I have an egg cream, please? <laughs> and I wouldn't die if you happened to have an extra cookie. Look, Corporal, I need to report it immediately. Now, look, I've got to move an entire division of men out of this area by sundown. You're the only man to tell me the safest direction to move. Now, tell me, Corporal, can I move the men to the west? Certainly you can move them to the west. But I wouldn't do it. <laughs> To the west, this moment, sits the entire Egyptian army. A boulevard of loveliness it wouldn't be. And can we move to the east? Certainly you can move them to the east. But I wouldn't do it. Would you believe the entire Syrian army is waiting to the east? <laughs> Unless you think you're Lawrence of Israel. I wouldn't do it. Uh, then I'll plan to make the move to the north. How? That's a plan. Boy, what a plan. I tell you, that's a plan from Planland. You know what kind of a plan that is? A rotten plan. To the north, surrounded by their planes and their tanks, sits the entire Jordanian army. And I guess we'll have to move to the south. I wouldn't do it. You mean we're blocked in from the south, too? General, in your life, you wouldn't believe how we are blocked in from the south. Well, what's facing us in the south? General, facing us in the south 
is such a big black dog. <laughs> An amazing setup for that joke and a disappointing punchline. That's what I always say about that one. But uh, still, some amazingly funny stuff in the middle of it. Just great. JM in the AM. It's Shushan Purim morning. Do I sound like it's Shushan Purim morning? Probably. I hope you're doing fine and dandy, everybody, on this Friday morning, March the 22nd. Today is day number 15 in the month of Adar 2. Today is... Shushan Purim. We've got Parshas Tzav uh, coming up. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Tzav. That's right. Parshas Purim won't be until next week. So it's Erev Shabbos Parshas Tzav with candle lighting time at 649. 649, your official candle lighting time on this uh, Erev Shabbos. 649 candle lighting on this uh, Erev Shabbos Parshas Tzav. Pretty rainy here in the New York area. I don't even have an official weather forecast. I'll tell you. We have we have, we are way behind schedule here in terms of preparing for a Friday morning Arab Shabbos show. I hate to admit it, but hey, it is Purim, and all the secrets I guess are coming out. Uh, but boy, oh boy, um, I hope your holiday of Purim was as joyous, as wonderful, as full of friendship and camaraderie as mine was. It was just a, a wonderful and incredible Purim day. Um, what can I tell you? The uh, the spirit of the day, if the point is to be uh, to be together and celebrate and and pay tribute to the one above for all the miraculous miracles, not just the Purim miracle, but all the miraculous miracles, then I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, in Yerushalayim, we have 63 degrees. In Yerushalayim, of course, it's Purim. Shushan Purim Day is uh, actually Purim for everybody in Yerushalayim with all the mitzvot, all the commandments of a Purim Day. Yeah, it's Erev Shabbos for everybody. I mean, it's Erev Shabbos everywhere, but you get my point. They're observing Purim on Erev Shabbos, which is pretty cool. Everywhere else, it's Shushan Purim, and we're having a good time. Here at JM and the AM, our weekly update coming up. Malcolm Honline, Executive Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us about an hour from now. Rabbi Yudin, of course, with uh, Parshas Tzav. David Cutler, NCSY. Summer programs. He will join us for the Shushan Purim summer program raffle announcement. That'll be in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll have the winners for you right here at, um, at JM in the AM, which is really cool. We've done it for a couple of years. It's really, really cool. We get to announce uh, who from around the world are the winners in the NCSY summer programs uh, contest. Uh, Shmuley Unger had Macha Bracha. You heard Shoshana Yaakov done by Shlomo Katz. The Maccabees with Purim, Achashverosh from Schlockrock. Avrami Flam had been a Hapohu. Purim Medley, that was Micha Gammerman. And of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. The weather forecast, when we mentioned it was 63 in Jerusalem. Here in New York, 44 degrees, 94% humidity. Winds are north at 10 miles per hour. Showers today, high of 50. Mostly cloudy tonight, 33. For Shabbos, no rain, but it's going to be pretty windy. Partly cloudy, windy, and a high temperature of 50 degrees. So, looks like a pretty decent weekend here in the New York area. I hope it's that way wherever you might be this weekend and wherever you might be celebrating Shushan Purim. I want to comment on the app. And by the way, a big, big thank you to Mayor Weingarten. Did an amazing Purim morning show yesterday. Got a tremendous number of comments on the app. If you'd like to comment on uh, today's show. 
the Shushan Purim edition of JM in the AM. Uh, go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. And as we like to say, comment away. Let us know where you are, what you want to hear, etc., etc. Your your Purim thoughts on this Shushan Purim would be appreciated, that's for sure. So that's the story. Big day, of course. Uh, it's Shushan Purim. We've got Table for Two with Naomi Nachman after JM the AM, the Arab Shabbos show, presented by our friends at Kedem and hosted by Mark Zamek, coming up at 10 o'clock. Uh, Harry Rothenberg's video blog, Parshat Tzav, at 1 p.m. We've got the great Erev Shabbos elections all the way until candlelighting time. of Rummy tomorrow night with Saturday Night Seagull. Matis getting ready for JM Sunday, uh, which is 7 a.m. Eastern time this coming Sunday. So plenty going on. Monday morning, by the way, I've mentioned this gentleman on the air. I don't know if I ever mentioned him by name, but I've certainly alluded to him on the air. I think during our Tubishvat show we spoke about it. Uh, this coming Monday, David Matlow visits JM in the AM. I remind you, he is the curator of Collecting the Dream. He has one of the definitive and incredible collections of Herzl memorabilia and artifacts dating back to the late 1800s. And uh, he is going to, we saw it when we were up in Toronto, we saw the exhibit in his home, and we are going to invite him. He is already invited, he'll be here Monday. He'll be walking in here Monday to discuss the incredible collection. If you're into this stuff, if you love modern Jewish history, if you if you love how a private person undertakes a project and just takes it to the nth degree, make sure to be tuned in on Monday here at the JM and the AM. Big shout-out to our friends at um, the Kushner Schools. It was amazing being there the day before Tanis Esther. As I always say when it comes to our uh, show this past Tuesday, a big shout-out to the uh, Halpern and Jacob families from all of us here. At JM in the AM, NSN on the road is sponsored by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms with you on the road this Pesach or all your Pesach needs. And don't forget that Aaron's in West Orange reminds the Kushner families that 4% of your purchases from Purim to Pesach are donated to Kushner when you use your Kushner loyalty card at Aaron's in West Orange, New Jersey. And on Monday, I will have an announcement about Aaron's Casino Farms in Queens that will that will be a real game changer, a real, real game changer. Um, and we'll explain on Monday here at JM in the AM. All right, so that's the story. It is a Shushan Purim morning here at JM in the AM. And I am glad you're with us to celebrate as uh, we continue with plenty more. This comes from your Achmiel Begun in the Miami Boys Choir. Shushan Purim, Erev Shabbos. It's JM in the AM.
and Heinz, Batsheva and Chavi. Wow, great costumes. For a minute, I thought it was Mordechai and Esther and Achashverosh and Vashti coming to deliver Shalach Manos. Wow, those Hamantashen look great. Once there was a wicked, wicked man, and Haman was his name, sir. He would have murdered all the Jews, though they were not to blame, sir. Oh, today we'll marry, marry be. Oh, today we'll marry, marry be. Today we'll marry, marry be, and not some hamantashen. And Esther was the lovely queen of King Achashverosh. When Haman said he'd kill us all, oh my, how he did scare us. But of his cruel and unkind ways, this little joke did cure him. And don't forget, we owe him thanks for this jolly feast of Purim. Oh, today we'll marry, marry be. Oh, today we'll marry, marry be. Today we'll marry, marry be, and not some hamantashen. Sasan Vikar, Hava 
Oi, why did you die? Oi, <laughs> why did you die? Why did oh, you pardon die? Me, pardon me, sir, but I've been watching you here at the grave for over a half hour. I guess the deceased was a close relative. No, I never met him. Oi, why did you die? Why did you uh, die? I beg your pardon, sir. You say you never met him and you carry on like this. Then tell me, who is buried here? My wife's first husband. <laughs> did you die?
Jam in the AM. End of hour number one on a Shushan Pura morning in America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com on the AlchemSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Galit Sal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up in Jerusalem. Excuse me, in Jerusalem. It is, um, well, they're observing Purim, Shushan Purim. Means um, that it's Shushan, that it's, you know, Purim. Shushan Purim means it's Purim observance in Jerusalem, right? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> ah, so that's what's happening in Yerushalayim where it's 63 degrees. Here in the diaspora at Shushan Purim morning on a Friday, we have all of our Friday features coming up, plus David Cutler. NCSY Summer Programs coming up with the winners of the NCSY Summer Programs raffle. We'll have that in the 8 o'clock hour, of course. And as I said, David Matlau with the Herzl Collection, Collecting the Dream, coming here on Monday at JMM. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, next. Galei Tzal, Shachat, Zohoraim Tovim, Kangoni Kohen, Ima Shekore Achshav. המועצה לזכויות אדם של האום קבעה ברוב קולות להעמיד לדין את ישראל בחשד לביצוע פשעי מלחמה באירועי צעדת השיבה בעזה. בדווחת כתבתנו המדינית טל זרביב. מועצת זכויות האדם של האו"ם מגנה בחריפות את הירי במפגינים בצעדות השיבה בשנה האחרונה וקוראת להעמיד לדין את כל מפרי החוק בסכסוך בעזה. 23 מדינות תמכו בגינוי ורק 9 התנגדו. המועצה כתבה בהחלטה כי היא מגנה את השימוש המכוון בכוח לא חוקי, קטלני ומוגזם כלפי אזרחים מפגינים. המדינות האירופיות לא הציגו חזית אחידה בעד או נגד וארצות הברית לא השתתפה בהצבעה כיוון שפרשה מהארגון בשנה שעברה. ממשרד החוץ בירושלים נמסר בתגובה, מועצת זכויות האדם קיימה שוב את הטקס הצבוע והאבסורדי של הקמת ועדת חקירה ללא ישראל, שמסקנותיה הוכתבו מראש, כמו גם אימוצן. כל זה כאשר היא מתעלמת מהמציאות בשטח, כך משרד החוץ לפני שעה קלה. תגובות חריפות ברוסיה, בטורקיה ובעולם הערבי בעקבות קריאת הנשיא טראמפ אמש להכיר בריבונות ישראל ברמת הגולן. כתבת חדשות החוץ, נועה מועלם. רוסיה ואיראן פרסמו הודעות רשמיות בהן תקפו את הצהרת טראמפ ואמרו כי הכרה אמריקנית בריבונות ישראל ברמת הגולן אינה חוקית ותהווה הפרה ישירה של החוק הבינלאומי. נשיא טורקיה ארדואן אמר הבוקר באיסטנבול כי טראמפ דוחף את האזור למשבר חדש ואילו סוריה איימה כי אנשיה נחושים לשחרר את רמת הגולן משליטה ישראלית בכל האמצעים העומדים לרשותה. נסיגה משמעותית בהליך השלום של קוריאה הצפונית עם המערב בעקבות העיצומים החדשים שהטילה ארצות הברית, כתבתנו יערה גמיחורי. קוריאה הצפונית הודיעה לקוריאה הדרומית כי היא מפסיקה את פעילותה במשרד שיתוף הפעולה שהוקם בגבול המשותף לשתי המדינות. המהלך מהווה מכה קשה לניסיון של סאול לסיים את הסכסוך עם פיונגיאנג, והוא בא לאחר כישלון הפסגה המשותפת של הנשיא דונלד טראמפ והרודן קים ג'ונג און. אתמול לראשונה מאז הפסגה הברית עיצומים חדשים על פיונג יאנג. נמשכות הסערות בקמפיין הבחירות של הליכוד בעקבות הביקורת הציבורית על מנחה הליכוד TV אלירז שדה, שהתייחס בשידור לנראות של העיתונאי אמנון אברמוביץ', פרסם הבוקר המנחה הודעת התנצלות בה נכתב, סליחה, ייתכן שטעינו בלשוננו. כשצילמנו את המערכון לא עלה בדעתנו שכך זה יפורש, וייתכן שטעינו בלשוננו, לא התייחסנו לנראותו הספציפית של אברמוביץ'. כתב שדה והוסיף, הוא גיבור ישראל, אבקש סליחה על אי ההבנה. 
אמש שודר בליכוד טבעי ראיון עם שחקן עליו הולבשו פניו של אברמוביץ', שנכווה במלחמת יום הכיפורים. בתחילת המערכון שאל השחקן את המנחה, איך אני נראה, ובתגובה ענה שדה, אתה נראה טיל. הסרטון עורר תגובות נזעמות ברשתות החברתיות. דיווחה כתבתנו אילאיל שחר. בלעדי לגלי צה"ל חתן פרס ישראל, הסופר דוד גרוסמן קורא לראשונה קטע מספרו החדש, איתי החיים משחק הרבה. בתוכנית ספרים, רבותיי ספרים, עם ציפי גון גרוס. בשבעה של טוביה סיפרה לנו סבתא ורה מה אמרה לטוביה כשנכנסה לחדרו בליל הכלולות שלהם. לפני שהולכים במיטה, אני רוצה שתדע כבר עכשיו, אמרה לו, אני תמיד אכבד אותך, ואהיה חברה הכי טובה ונאמנה שלך, אבל לשקר אני לא משקרת. אני אישה שיכולה בחיים שלה לאהוב רק גבר אחד ויותר לו. את מילוש, שהיה בעל שלי, באמת אצל טיטו, אני אוהבת יותר מכל דבר בעולם. הקטע המלא מהספר שיוצא לאור בימים אלה ישודר הערב בחמש בגלי צה"ל. מזג האוויר התקררות קלה עם סיכוי לגשם מקומי בצפון הארץ. בתחילת השבוע הבא, גשום, אלה החדשות.
Well, it's the end. It's been a good life, but it's the end. Where is my son Simo that came to see me from California? Hello, Papa. Goodbye, Simo. <laughs> Simo, my son, it's the end. Don't say that, Papa. It's not the end. Even at the end, my own son is telling me what to say. <laughs> Timo, my boy, believe me, it's the end. All right, Papa, I believe you. It's the end. Simo, I liked it better when you were arguing with me. <laughs> Papa, is there anything I can get for you? Yes. One thing before I go. I would like... One piece of Mama's delicious apple strudel. It's my last wish. I'll get it for you, Papa. What else could a man want but the taste of Mama's apple strudel on his lips when he goes? <laughs> I'm a lucky man. I'm back, Papa. Oh, good. The apple strudel. No, Papa. I didn't get it. Mama says you can't have any. What do you mean? Can't have any. She said the strudel is for after the funeral. J.M. in the A.M. Happy Shushan Purim, everybody. <laughs> that is great. One of the classics. Malcolm Holmline will join us. He is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us coming up at 740 Eastern time on this Shushan Purim. Gershon Varoba before the... Well, Yossi Green had La Yehudim. Gershon Varoba before that with Ani Israel. Purim medley came from Avrami Flam. Uh, Friday morning. On this 15th day in the month of Adar 2, today is Shushan Purim. Par Erev Shabbos Parshas Tzav with candle lighting in New York, 649, 649. Big thank you to Mayor Weingarten. Mayor Weingarten sat in this chair yesterday, and I thank him for taking care of the Purim edition of JM and the AM. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you, Mayor. I'm trying to make my way through a Shushan Purim edition now. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to make it, but I try. Uh, NSN on the road is sponsored by Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's with you on the road this Pesach for all your Pesach needs. Aaron's West Orange has a big announcement for the Kushner schools. 4% off your uh, purchases from Perm to Pesach donated to Kushner when you use your Kushner loyalty card. So keep that in mind at Aaron's in West Orange, New Jersey. And on Monday, Aaron's Casino Farms is going to have quite an announcement here. Oh, boy. There'll be quite an announcement here, let me tell you. An earth-shattering Shopping announcement coming up on Monday. Uh, in the 8 o'clock hour, Rabbi Yudin is coming up. And then David Cutler, who heads the NCSY Summer Programs, will be with us. It's time to announce the winners of the NCSY Summer Programs raffle. We'll have those winners for you. By the way, all three winners, I am told, yeah, all three winners will be announced this morning here at JMN. 
So um, that's all coming up at 8.40 Eastern time here at uh, JM in the AM. All right. Plenty of stuff happening all day long. We'll take you through that later on. Here is Yonatan Razel.
if you're Back to school. All right, everybody. Settle down, please. Hello, boys and girls. I am Professor Feinemann. And throughout this course, I will serve as instructor, consultant, translator, and notary public. <laughs> May I welcome you to our new course, Jewish 101 and 102. <laughs> this is our crash program in how to become Jewish overnight. This overnight program will take six weeks. Now, students, please open your textbooks to lesson number one. You'll find it on the last page. Now. Lesson number one, Yiddish for all occasions, key words. Now, here is a word that can be used any time for any situation. The word is oi vei. <laughs> you there, young man, let's begin with you. Repeat after me, oi vei. Ah, uh, yes, uh, now let me see how I uh, would... Uh... <laughs> Pronounce that word, oi hoi. Oi vey. Not exactly Senator Booby. Uh, that's, uh, that's a Bobby. Not in this class. Well, uh, Professor, if I, uh, if I knew the meaning of the word, uh, maybe, I could, uh, maybe I could do better. Okay, let me explain it in this way so you'll understand. You go to a barber shop and you fall asleep. And when you wake up, you find you got a crew cut. Oi vey. By George! <laughs> By George, I think he's got it! Let's try one Show. 
watch this. <laughs> Through the window, a rock with a note on it. Here, let me see what it says. It says, Dear Mr. Shapiro, unless you deposit $10,000 in small bills in a paper bag under the old hollow tree in a vacant lot on the corner at midnight tomorrow, we will kidnap your wife. Sincerely yours, your kidnappers. Boy, some tough cookies. I better write them a note back immediately. Let me see. Pencil, paper. Dear kidnappers, your rack of this date received. I am writing to tell you I do not have $10,000. But please keep in touch. <laughs> Your proposition interests me. JM in the AM with the kidnapping. <laughs> that is a good one, I must say. That is a good one. Um, uh, before that, Yom Zed, done by Eitan Freilach here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos on this Shushan Purim. Chag Sameach to those celebrating in Jerusalem. Today's the day for that. Chag Shushan Purim Sameach to those around the world. We light candles in the New York area at 649. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Tzav on this 15th day uh, in the month of Adar 2. And I thank you for tuning in to JM in the AM. My thanks to Mayor Weingarten for subbing yesterday and for um, doing an amazing job on Purim morning. I thank him very much. Really incredible. And um, I remind you, we have a full day here at the Nahum Siegel Network, a very full day here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And... Um, Those of you who uh, tune in for Naomi Nachman, you'll hear her brand new show, Table for Two, starting at 9 a.m. Erev Shabbos show uh, with the Mark Zomik, brought to you by our friends at Kedem at 10 o'clock, 1 p.m. for the Harry Rothenberg video blog on Parshas Tzav. After that, our incredible Erev Shabbos music mix, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, it's Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami. Um, Sunday, it's JM Sunday. JM Sunday is um, start, it starts at 7 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And um, Matis hosts again between 7 and 9 o'clock every single Sunday. Malcolm Homeline next. Plenty coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
the AM with Ohad before that Eitan Freilich. It is a JM and the AM Friday morning Shushan Purim broadcast. David Cutler will join us less than an hour from now. We'll have the winners in the uh, NCSY Summer Programs raffle on this Shushan Purim. So that's going to be coming up. Rabbi Yudin, of course, coming up at um, at 8.15. Don't forget the tribute dinner to Rabbi Mrs. Yudin is April the 7th. That's April the 7th happening up in Muncie, New York as uh, everyone pays tribute to Rabbi and Rebetzin Yudin, and at the same time, really, there are 50 years at the Shomri Torah in Fairlawn. 
Just pretty amazing. It's happening the 7th of April. Information, yudintribute.org, yudintribute.org. We hope that everybody around the world who um, really enjoys our Yudin's presentation here every single Friday will um, will go ahead and, uh, at, if you're not able to actually be there uh, at, at the dinner, at least uh, contribute and donate in their honor. Malcolm Honline will join us in a moment. I do remind you that uh, Malcolm Honline will be spending Pesach in Puerto Vallarta, your opportunity to um, spend Pesach with him and hear, hear more about what's going on in this crazy world of ours and even ask him questions directly about what's happening in this crazy world of ours. Just don't bother him at the Seder, please. Uh, go to PesachInVallarta.com, PesachInVallarta.com, or 786-290-5919. Again, that's 786-290-5919 for Pesach in Vallarta. Check out JewishWorldReview.com for a whole bunch of great articles to print out before Shabbos about what's happening in Israel and the Jewish world. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of major American Jewish organizations, joins us on a Shushan Purim morning here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Yeah, good morning. It's not shining, but it's the, it is beautiful, and the, the beautiful Chag, and hope everyone else did as well. Well, you do sound like it's the day after Purim, to be very honest with you. It gets better in a few minutes. <laughs> I don't drink enough to, you got, you to gotta, have the excuse. you got to warm up, and all of a sudden you'll sound great. Um, yeah, I, I wish I felt a drop better, but we're going to make it through this conversation. By the way, and you know, obviously, and anybody whose phone basically blew up with messages at about 1 p.m. yesterday, 1 p.m. Eastern time yesterday knows, there's a lot of big news to discuss, but I can't start this morning without having you comment on the fact that when one reads the Megillah, and everybody in this audience, uh, basically everyone in this audience, you know, had read it or heard it twice in the last uh, a couple of days. Um, and it, you read the Megillah, it is hard not to associate so many things that happened in that era with what's going on currently today. Did you get that feeling as you read it now in, uh, in 2019? Every word, literally, is relevant to today. In fact, there are many svarim that bring down that if you read the Megillah just about something that occurred more than 2,000 years ago and don't understand its contemporary significance, then you haven't fulfilled the mitzvah of reading the Megillah. And the messages and the lessons that we have to learn from it, from the behavior, from the... And, and you really have to be very careful because, you know, to, to see the construction of the words... There's so many important messages for our contemporary time, and I hope uh, if you didn't pay attention to it then that you do it now. Just take the time to sit and read it, and a lot of the books that have been written about the political messages of the Megillah. And and just one, again, I know there's a lot of news to get to, but just one, um, the way Jewish leadership behaves when they are in a country in the diaspora and they are enjoying some type of political influence. You would say that's certainly a theme we could take away from the story, right? And what responsibilities it places on them, the courage you have to have that, you know, to overcome the natural resistance like Esther did, or to be able to have the courage and to, to report what Mordechai, as Mordechai did, and to, to think about all of the lessons that uh, come about for Jewish leaders, but also for what the responsibility of people and the importance, ultimate importance of Jewish unity. Yeah. 
which made us vulnerable to Haman in Haman's eyes, and Esther recognized it and gathered all of the Jews to be the antidote. And and last thing, because so many people have pointed this out so often in the last few years, we don't worry, and you've said this, I believe, I'm paraphrasing, we're not as concerned with Jewish unity during bad times. It seems during difficult times, we find the ability to get together. But in times of prosperity, that's when the fighting begins and expands, and uh, and that's where things can get really dangerous. It's regrettable if, if it takes negative events to unify us, and that we don't recognize how much we have in common. We always focus on our differences, and that's uh, a lesson we also learn, that we have to do it at all times to understand that what we have in common far outweighs our differences. We are live on a Shushan Purim morning. I say that because you're going to hear Malcolm's comments about yesterday's big uh, news out of Washington uh, as of now, as of a few minutes before 8 a.m. Eastern time on this Friday morning, Shushan Purim. Uh, The President of the United States of America tweeted the following at 12.50 Eastern time yesterday. He said, after 52 years, it is time for the United States to fully recognize Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights, which is of critical Strategic, strategic and security importance to the state of Israel and regional stability. Malcolm, take us through this uh, process that uh, eventually got on Purim Day the President of the United States to make this announcement. I know that the, uh, that the Pompeo visit is being credited with some of this. I know that there's been rumors about it. And cynically, there are those who believe there, that this might be a March surprise, the President tossing a bone to the prime minister in advance of the Israeli elections. What can you tell us about the background of yesterday's announcement by Twitter, on Twitter, rather? Well, everybody knows how Israel came in, I hope, into the Golan Heights as a result of the Six-Day War, and till that point, Syria uh, was bombarding Israel from the heights. It's a, it gives them a strategic advantage, and think if they could put missile launchers uh, there. They wouldn't have to build tunnels to get the equipment up there to challenge both the Jewish presence, but more importantly, to be able to fire against uh, all the Israeli cities uh, and to to rain uh, havoc and to in, bring in terrorists. Uh, what Iran would do were that uh, area to be vacated. So there's nobody who rationally believes that Israel should give up this territory. People are saying, I hear on the news, Yet, in fact, the United Nations voted this year that Israel should withdraw from the territory. Just think if, if, if the Iranians and the militias and Hezbollah and others had been allowed to, to be there and be in position there. So it's an irrational thing to think about Israel withdrawing unless there's some miraculous development. Um, and, and even those who oppose it recognize that until there's a, a qualitative change, as the British put it, in terms of the government and, and the, um, uh, uh, in Syria, that one couldn't contemplate it. The French embassy issued a statement to that effect, that the, uh, the, the, it's essentially saying that Israel is, should not be forced to, to make any concession or, or make any move there under these circumstances. So this has been an issue that Prime Minister Netanyahu in particular has pressed, but so have others in in, in Israel. There have been pushes for annexation uh, or extension of Israeli law. Uh, uh, unlike what most, including me, thought, they, Israel did not annex the Golan, and the um, but they it is under Israeli control, as the State Department said last week, which was already a major shift. 
because until then, every document said it was Israeli-occupied territory, and they said Israeli-controlled territory. And that may seem like a, just a, a semantic difference, but in fact, it is a, a different status. And then uh, the president uh, tweeted out, and he used the word sovereignty, Israeli sovereignty, right. over the Golan. Uh, obviously, this is evoking a very negative reaction in the Arab world, and uh, others are being critical of it. A lot of people here in the States um, and are raising the issue. Was this simply a gift to Netanyahu before his election, given how he has raised it? And he raised it publicly during his meetings, uh, during a press conference at the time of his meetings with uh, Secretary of State Pompeo. Yeah, well, well some can, some can uh, uh, surmise that it was well choreographed. We also raised it with Senator Lindsey Graham, if you remember, and he right. took he went up there with him to show him the topography, and anybody who sees it can't help but be impressed and understand and what Israel has had to do to fight the attacks coming underground through these tunnels, and UNIFIL, the United Nations interim force in, in Lebanon, acknowledged this week that there were, that they uh, the, of the existence of six of the tunnels, two of which had violated the blue line, meaning that they had crossed into Israel already. Um, this is, you know, an official recognition. Then they have, you know, the attempts to cross the border, uh, physical attempts, the discovery of a big Hamas, a Hezbollah cell in the Golan, where they were trying to build the infrastructure, the capability to be able to strike at Israel and to organize terrorist activities. And then we know the missiles that have been fired across uh, the border. So by from the air, from the under the ground and on the ground, we know that they are posing threats. They know that there are tens of thousands of Iranian militia, plus thousands of Hezbollah, and they're moving people into Hezbollah, just as Iran is moving Shiites into the area from Damascus towards the Lebanese border. And the, and the discovery of a new missile assembly plant in Syria from of, of Iran, uh, we know that they're very committed to this, that they have invested a lot into trying to position themselves, that is, Iran and its allies, to be in a position to strike at Israel, um, maybe lightning strikes, overnight attack, uh, which is why they want to be as close to the border as possible to to carry it out. Uh, and, and what you just said may explain uh, to those wondering why there's been, in these 52 years of modern history, a slightly different attitude, and I, I wonder if you'd concede that, a slightly different attitude from the Israeli governments, from all the administrations, about the Golan than compared to the so-called West Bank. Because when it comes to security measures uh, to, to, to Israeli leaders, the Golan is much, much more important. So while they're ready to tell the world that parts of, the, of Judea and Samaria might be negotiable, uh, to most, not all, which we'll discuss in a minute, to most in Israeli leadership, the Golan would not, not be negotiable, correct? Yes, and there was nobody to negotiate with. Uh, remember, Netanyahu did well, there's have nobody... some indirect negotiations with Assad right. um, in his uh, first term, or earlier term, and the uh, and there have been others who have uh, raised the issue and have, I'm sure there were other intermediaries, um, you know, who have gone there to, to talk about it, but the conditions are such that it's it, it would be impossible to imagine a withdrawal under these circumstances. And remember, in the Golan, for those who, who think that this is uh, unrelated to Israel, the archaeological discoveries there are largely about Jewish communities that existed there in Talmudic times and even earlier. And there are all sorts of, of um, uh, there's all sorts of archaeological evidence 
to the fact that the, that Jews lived there, and this was a Jewish area of settlement um, from ancient times. So it has some historical significance to to um, to Jews and to Israel. Yeah, we concentrate so much in the center of Israel when it comes to archaeological discoveries. We forget about the north. Exactly, and when they haven't, you know, people don't get excited. But there have really been some remarkable uh, discoveries. So the you know the Golan is a serious issue, and especially now when we see the the uh, efforts. Uh, in Syria, and the instability that still exists, despite the fact that the Syrian army has taken over increasing area, and maybe ISIS has been contained, they're not destroyed, but they've been contained, uh, and the possibility that the U.S. will, will remove its presence. Uh, there are many uh, aspects, and when they talked, when Netanyahu um, uh, spoke about the meetings with Pompeo, as he has in the past, they talked about the joint efforts to roll back Iranian aggression. Well, their presence in Lebanon through Hezbollah directly in Syria, in Iraq, has only increased. And therefore, all of these concerns are magnified. Right. Uh, also, in, your, in, the, in the opening part to your answer, you said that uh, you know, nobody would rationally believe they should you know, give it away. But the, but the reality is that, that there is a percentage of Israeli population, aside from the ones you, you noted in the diaspora, who, for many, many times, you know, very often in the last 52 years, would have been ready to concede the Golan. I mean, I, yes, I acknowledge that. I said that there have been negotiations, there have right. been intermediaries, there have been other efforts to see what what was possible. And when I met Assad, they he obviously raised it. Uh, I didn't go with any plans and didn't negotiate and didn't discuss it even. Um, but clearly, you know, he has talked, it and there were were many other efforts. And to say that no one, when the United Nations did exactly that, you know, for, for people who make these these blanket statements, as I heard just in the news this morning, earlier this morning, uh, you know, they all should check the facts. Mm, good point, yeah. Um, and also we should remind everybody that at, at one point it, it the perception was that giving away the Golan and some type of deal was really go, uh, uh, turning out to be a reality because that led to the whole Ha'am Im Ha'Golan campaign, which was really nationwide. And, and I think because of the aggressive nature of the campaign, um, one could surmise just how much many average Israeli citizens understood the security threat of, of giving away the Golan. They did, and you don't see it because I don't think people, and there has been no real pressure from America to right. give back uh, um, the Golan, and as I said, some Europeans, but the, if given the chance in the United Nations would be asked to vote today, they would certainly vote to return the Golan. Right. Um, the, the reaction you mentioned from around the world, you know what's interesting? Like, take Erdogan, for instance, in, in, in uh, Turkey. Um, you take him. When, when there was more of a, when there was more of an impression that he wanted to court the Israelis, that he would have preferred a much better relationship, but that he probably would have reacted a drop differently than he did, right? Yes. I'm sorry? He, he probably. Yeah. And 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 can't you say the same thing about Putin or Putin's government? Because I don't know if he came out with a statement, but I know some of his representatives did. Uh, couldn't you say the same about him, that, that it's really – they're in such a delicate situation. A guy like him, as you've described, does want to maintain a good relationship with Jerusalem, but at the same time has so much of an interest now – in Syria. So he's got to release a statement that's, you know, well-balanced. Yes, and also it's a way to strike at the United States. 
that a lot of the comments are people who are, uh, don't like President Trump and will criticize whatever he does. Right. Uh, and and it's a legitimate. You know, there are legitimate questions you can raise about how this would be implemented and what what would be done, but not about. I think the intent is clear, and um, the the reaction of Erdogan is has been so tainted by virtue of his constant criticism, his attacks, his, um, you know, now he's in a little hot water. You notice he, he in, he's been announcing that the Iranians and the Turkish forces uh, are engaged in joint operations against the Kurds, and the Iranians have come out now again saying, this is not true, we're not there, we don't know what he's talking about. Uh, but he he's also, um, uh, you know, there's, there's talk now that the U.S. will stop the preparations to deliver the F-35 stealth planes to Turkey because they will not back down on their purchase of the S-400 defense system from uh, Russia and growing tensions in, uh, between Turkey and the United States, as there is between Turkey and many of the countries in, in the region. So the, um, uh, the, the uh, Turkey's comments uh, not necessarily uh, a, me- a measure or barometer, uh, as he has been so critical and sometimes hard to explain some of the positions that he's taken. Uh, and the same thing is true, uh, you know, of others. The Arab League was predictable. Others predictable about what their reaction would be to the statement. And I'm sure there will be. It'll get thrown into the middle of the presidential race and the, um, you know, the criticism that is is launched every day against uh, between the parties and certainly against the president. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at com on the NahumSiegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Online is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Um, so now I assume BB doubles down on this every time he has an audience that's English speaking, that's on this side of the world, where he knows that the entire globe is really paying attention to him. I assume he's going to highlight this and praise President Trump for it, right? He's coming on Sunday. He'll be at the APAC conference speaking Tuesday morning after meeting with the president on Monday and then again on Tuesday evening. Um, you can be sure that this will be a major theme of, of his remarks and um, would have been included in his remarks, but I'm sure it'll be much uh, a much more prominent part of what he has to say. All right. And uh, March surprise, I know that sounds cynical, but it really could be. It, it could. It, I mean, we have to we have to sit and observe that this could, if in fact, all this campaigning that you just described has an effect on the people in Israel because they love Trump so much and they, you know, and they're deciding who to vote for at this point, then this really could be a, a, a big factor in it. I'm not sure that it's that it will change. The people's views are pretty well entrenched in Israel. Uh, there is, a, you know, a movement back and forth between right and left, but amongst a small percentage, a relatively small percentage. So, I, and I think that this is an issue in which most Israelis agree. And if you notice that Gantz and others have come out in support of it, right. so it, it, I don't know that it becomes that partisan an issue. Obviously, it it underscores the close relationship with the United States between the two people, the two men, but more importantly, which is important to uh, Israelis, and, and it enhances his stature, I think is is the key factor here, more than the um, 
you know, ultimate implications of the decision of right. the statement. Close out this topic for me. Is, is it a pure miracle? Is it a is it is it a time to celebrate? Is it you know what do you, what do you call this this um, declaration by President Trump via Twitter yesterday? Surprising, but I think the um, cause for celebration <laughs> or not? I think no. Obviously, it's a positive statement. It's a, it's a statement about it that they understand the security needs on the uh, at the Golan. And the, the need to to make this statement because there are those who who were pushing against it, and given the changes that are taking place in Syria, and this is again, it's not happening in a vacuum, and it's not the political vacuum; it's the situation on the ground when we see Iran's, you know, growing presence, and uh, you know they criticize the EU mechanism for funding, but at the same time they're announcing that that the head of their nuclear program, Saleh, announced that they have the capacity to enrich and they're building new facilities, Boucher 2, Boucher 3, that they are, um, that Khomeini had given the order when they signed the deal that he didn't trust the West and therefore don't destroy stuff. So he said that we, you know, kept intact a lot of it and the the infrastructure and we see that their nuclear program uh, continues. We want to see the sanctions uh, re-upped uh, re against uh, those countries that were given exemptions, and that will be a major issue, I think, for Netanyahu's discussions here, by the way, and I'm sure we're in the discussions with Secretary Pompeo, who would not be committal uh, on that issue, and that's very important. And, and, and you can really get the significance when you look at the debate over funding of uh, reconstruction in Syria, which is estimated to cost $250 billion dollars. And the Russians are saying, well, let the United States and the West pay. And uh, uh, others are also trying to shift the onus onto the U.S. And the U.S. is saying, we're not paying for this. But the countries involved, Turkey, Iran, you know, Russia, who have big stakes and who have, you know, are playing dominant roles, uh, should be involved. Maybe the Arab countries should be involved in uh, funding it. And nobody wants to take on this responsibility. So you, you're going to leave a chaotic situation that... Um, it will only get worse in, in the future. Yeah. Uh, the week began with the murder of uh, IDF soldier Sergeant Gal Kedan, with the murder of Rabbi Achiad Ettinger. Uh, Alexander Dvorsky was injured in critical condition from that attack. Uh, I think it minimizes the, um, uh, the, the whole situation when people try to surmise that this is an attack that happened to alter how people in Israel might vote uh, in a couple of weeks, and I think we need to remember that these things are still happening on a regular basis, and that uh, uh, you know, again, the enemy, uh, no matter what, whether there's an election or not an election, is re is ready to act and kill Jews, you know, on a wanton basis. Absolutely, it's unrelated to the to the election. It's you know, there's a lot of frustrations, and everybody can come up with excuses about you know what the people's uh, moods but but look what's happening in the Golan in the Gaza today we've discussed the situation on the Golan but Gaza got little attention when you have a virtual revolution going on where the demonstrations were not against Israel but against Hamas and against the rule and and I think people are getting fed up with the demonstrations being used as a way to deflect attention from the uh, economic situation from the corruption from the failure of the Hamas regime. Some of it is related also to the breakdown between Fatah and Hamas and the succession and many questions that are, are going on regard to them and the refusal to to give money and as as the 
PA has refused to take the transfers of, of money because Israel was deducting you know, a small portion of it for the amount that they were giving and are giving to uh, terrorists and their families and rewarding those who murder uh, Jews. So the situation in the Golan, in the Gaza, is has deteriorated a lot. I'm sure there'll be a big demonstration today because it's the one-year anniversary of the weekly demonstrations. But more importantly, the uh, the internal strife that it, that is going on, and the UN representative, in fact, condemned Hamas for the treatment of the of the people. A thousand have been arrested, including journalists. Again, you don't see UN resolutions and condemnations uh, coming the way it would be if uh, if Israel could be anyway implicated. But so far, uh, obviously, and, and shouldn't be. But that doesn't uh, make a difference when it comes to. Uh, the way they treat it, so uh, you know the, the, there are the, 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 um, the concern about what's going on in Gaza and the failure to to acknowledge and understand this dynamic where you have the people revolting against the government and economic conditions and others, and, and many of the Gazans interviewed say they want to go to work in Israel, and at the same time still having these weekly protests against Israel. Yes, because they're organized by Hamas. They're forced to, people are forced, they're rounded up to go. The people are paid to go. Right, I'm just curious which is larger, frankly. I'm, I'm curious which is the more active movement, if there's a way to compare the two. Well, one is certainly spontaneous and the other is not. And spontaneous is the uh, right. demonstrations. And the people see that after being promised that, you know, you do these demonstrations, that things will get better, we'll be able to force Israel to move, we'll be able to do other things. And they see things only get worse, not better, and that the the corrupt force is not Israel. It's, it's their own government that's Im- imposing all these horrific conditions on them. Yeah, it's an unbelievable dynamic that's going on. And we re- I, don't, I don't remember ever seeing anything like this, certainly not at this level. Um, it, when it this comes- is serious, and the, the brutality with which they are acting against uh, people, including some of the U.N. observer forces in, um, what do they call the Independent Commission for Human Rights staff, uh, and uh, and raiding people's homes and stuff that, that they consider potential opposition. Great concern. Can Israel do anything as they watch this, or they have no choice but to just basically sit by and uh, like Israel's this? not on the ground in in Gaza, despite all the accusations. Yeah, but I'm that wondering. Uh, but, but, I'm, but I'm wondering if politically, like, there's something I'm not thinking of that they could do or act on that would you well, know. Part of the problem is that that the Fatah is so disunited. They've appointed this new uh, prime minister, Shaita uh, or Shayeta, and. Um, you know, he's trying to feel his way, whether he wants to be another Fayyad, if those who remember that era, mm-hmm. and uh, whether he's he's a potential successor to, to Abbas. Uh, but he will run into the same frustrations, that, that they're not free to make any moves, and that, that uh, Abu Mazen or Abbas is not ready to do anything, and if anything, he just exacerbates the problems uh, more and more, and, and they don't have the ability to, to stop this. And in fact, there are those who argue that Fatah wants to see these this internal disruption because they hope that they will be called in, and their condition is that they take over the government and that Hamas withdraws, and at some point Hamas may well, well do it because the collapse of the of the regime would be devastating internally. And I know that it's not totally related, obviously, because we're not talking about our Arab Israelis uh, when we talk about these demonstrations. But there are articles I've read this week about the Arab Israeli vote. 
what what normally happens? Normally, an Arab Israeli who's a citizen of Israel will boycott the Israeli election. Is that what normally happens? And now they're being encouraged to do the opposite and to put someone in office who might be to the advantage of that community? Essentially, there's been a lot of pressure, and in fact, even actions against people, Arabs, Israeli Arabs who went to vote. Uh, and there were calls for boycotts of their votes in the past. But remember, they have a significant delegation sitting in the Knesset yeah. and um, maybe playing a decisive role in in the next government, you know, in the formation of the government. They don't join the government, but they are part of the, um, you know, the 61 votes if they join a bloc. Uh, so most of the parties say they won't form a government based on the uh, Arab vote. Uh, the Arab parties, because they take very extreme positions, as you know, and some don't recognize the state, even though they sit in the Knesset and draw a salary but from is the, it. But is the conjecture that there'll be a larger turnout among the Arab Israelis, or it's likely... It's too early to... Yeah. No, no, and, 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 and I guess if you're a betting man, you'd probably say it's likely going to be very close to what it normally is, right? I mean, at this point, that's probably what you'd say. Yeah. Um, this article that I saw about the... Uh, uh, the Ron Campius article on uh, on APAC from the Jerusalem Post. You got to go through this mini here a second. He 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 makes I think some great points, and that is that the APAC conference. And I know that you might be limited to what you're what you're able to say to us publicly about this, which I totally understand. But whatever you could tell us. So number one, he says there are four things to watch at APAC. So number one is the Trump factor, which again is you know <laughs> we we know that that most most I hope I'm right in saying it like this. Most APAC officials would welcome the policies of a president of the United States that are similar to the policies of the current president. The problem is, though, they've been said by the current president. In other words, there's a lot of people who are so um, uh, who, who, who have such anathema toward the, the current president that it, it, it creates a problem. Would you say that's a good evaluation of the, you know, the crowd at the APAC conference when it comes to uh, President Trump? Well, the president's not going to be there, but Vice President Pence and Secretary of State Pompeo and Nikki Haley, many others will be there, as there will be the leaders of the Democratic Party. And this canard about that is being spread that our, that the Democratic presidential candidates are boycotting uh, the convention, it's not true that the, they did not invite them because you, you got, what, 15, 16 people. Um, so the decision was not to invite presidential candidates on either side, but only the people who are in office, and therefore Pelosi and Schumer and others will be will be speaking. Uh, Israel has to remain a bipartisan issue. You're right that there are people, as soon as you mentioned Trump, they go, go apoplectic. Right. There is a strong opposition. There are legitimate grounds for people to have differences of view. Oh, they will be expressed uh, properly. Uh, I think that, um, uh, you know, the the um, how they will react, I think it's really on the substance. It's not on the politics. They will support and react positively right. to you know, messages that support the U.S. Israel special relationship, U.S. security, the issues on which uh, there is basic agreement. Uh, second, he mentions the Omar factor. It is possible to go through the whole convention without mentioning her or that whole point of view, right? It's possible. Hopefully. And, uh, oh, you think that's... talking about you, you uh, do think you building do... her up further. We should be making sure that, uh, you know, the falsity of her messages is, is made clear, that the um, propagandistic nature of her declarations... And there's more to, to be said, and I think that uh, the fact that these people, that she and others, make the front page of magazines and stuff when they've accomplished nothing except to become, you know, uh, a darling of, of extremists and, and to be 
uh, extolled and, and campaigning when, in fact, they know nothing about the issues and have demonstrated that repeatedly. And the the um, what it represents in the future is something that is, of course, of concern. And most Democrats take it of great concern because they know that this could harm the party. I am glad I asked you because I was curious if it's a good idea or a bad idea to bring her up publicly. Uh, next is the APAC factor, which, you know, is the, is the usual two-state solution versus uh, other solutions, which I, I get continues to be a debate. And the fourth is the Israel factor. I mean, is it possible that because of the whole you know, right-wing alliance that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has now formed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is it possible that he'll get a really questionable welcome at the at the conference, or you think that most people will react the way one should when the Prime Minister shows up? I, look, it's hard to predict whether you, you only need a few people in an auditorium, of that, especially in a crowd of that size, That's with 18,000 right. people coming, uh, and um, it doesn't take many people to disrupt it. Right. And to to you know cause a, a, you know to boo and to cause some negative reaction. Overall, it will be received politely, uh, as well. I hope all of the speakers and that people not uh, react just emotionally, but think about what they what they say or would do. They can sit on their hands if they feel that that's appropriate. But I don't think there should be a, a negative reaction. I think the positions that the people hold should be respected, even if they have differences with the individuals, and that they will um, behave accordingly. I anticipate that that will be the case, and usually gets a thunderous uh, response from the vast majority from of the people who will be there. And those, uh, frankly, who object to his views of, of his or positions, they shouldn't come. They should just stay away from that session. And the the um, there will be demonstrations outside. We already see some of the things that are being said and written, uh, some of the mocking stuff online, which is really uh, offensive often. And you know that Bennett dropped out now, so right. Gantz will be there, and they give an opportunity to many different views to be heard. And quite a few people coming from Israel to to speak. I think a lot of people just don't want to see it turn into a campaign rally one way or the other. You know. That's right. They want to, I think they want to focus on issues. They want some respite from the you know, political circus for, for us here and from Israel, though most Americans are fairly disengaged. But the, in terms of the heavy politics of, of domestically and of the United States, that this should be a place where people can put aside their labels and come together in the common causes that unite us. By the way, and here's a great way to wrap up, um, on Tuesday, we broadcasted live from the Kushner Schools, 77 students, the largest student delegation of any school in the United States of America to APAC. Pretty cool, huh? Well, and I think that the presence of more and more people, young people, number one, and number two, um, you see the, the presence of the uh, traditional communities where many kipot, and right. you see the, um, the schools that have come and synagogues that have organized the comments. You know, it's a very important once-a-year gathering where people can just come and say, look, we're committed to Israel, we're committed to the U.S.-Israel relationship. This is not a political gathering, and we're not here to endorse uh, candidates. I, I think it's really, and people tell me all the time how they go away reinforced and how inspired they are, and and um, that that it makes a difference and carries them through the year. And whether you have differences with particular positions of APAC it's, is irrelevant. This is a year, and we have to show the support, united support, more than ever as they come under criticism because they are a strong. 
position. We don't see other communities who have advocacy groups, it's, and it's not a PAC, and it doesn't give money to political candidates um, that operate in Washington. These other groups and do not come under the same kind of um, scrutiny and criticism and distortions about the role that APAC plays. All right, Malcolm, I thank you. On this Sushanpura morning, it, you, one cannot ignore what the President of the United States has done when it comes to policy uh, vis-a-vis Israel. And when one steps back, because you know when you're when when you're sitting within the story, it's sometimes hard to see it. When one steps back and and really looks from that vantage point at what he's done, it's simply remarkable, and it's got to be acknowledged. Uh, I thank you, and a happy Shushan Purim to you. And have a good Shabbos. And a wonderful Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll be Pesach in Puerto Vallarta. Go to Puerto. Uh, go to Pesach in Vallarta dot com. PesachandVallarta.com or call 786-290-5919, 786-290-5919. And you can pepper him with questions, just not during the Seder, please. Uh, but you can pepper him with questions during Pesach. Keep him on his toes about all the different things going on in this insane world of ours. Excuse me, I meant crazy world of ours. Um, <laughs> that's that's one of the advantages of joining the homeline family for Pesach. You get to... To ask away, and knowing him, he will answer everything for you. Uh, NSN on the Road is sponsored by Aaron's Casino Farms. We've got a major Aaron's Casino Farms announcement coming on Monday. Oh, boy, a real major one. And don't forget, if you're in the Kushner School, where we were on Tuesday, 4% of your purchases at Aaron's West Orange uh, between Purim and Pesach is donated to Kushner. When you use your Kushner loyalty card, keep that in mind. You just go to Aaron's in West Orange. And enjoy the shopping experience. David Cutler is going to join us. It's time to give away some prizes. About 15 minutes from now for the NCSY Summer Programs, their Shushan Purim raffle. Cannot wait to make that announcement coming up just a few minutes from now here at JM in the AM. And don't forget, Rabbi Yudin and Rebetzin Yudin, Shomrei Torah, all being featured in the Yudin tribute coming up on the 7th of April up in Muncie. Pay tribute to the 50 years of Rabbi Rebetzin Yudin at the Shomrei Torah. Go to yudintribute.org. Even if you can't be there, give, donate. Um, If you have never met the Yudins, but you've heard Rabbi Yudin every Friday for the last three and a half decades, try to give something. Yudintribute.org. This time each and every Friday morning, every Arab Shabbos, with a great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. And Afrelucha Shushan Purim. Wow. Let's get our bearings. Today, tomorrow, Mir Hashem, we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tzav. According to the Chinuch, there are 18 mitzvos in Parshas Tzav, evenly divided, nine positive, and nine restrictions. Among the many topics found in Parsha Sav is that of the Karban Ola. The Vayikra Rabbah in chapter 7, paragraph 3, teaches us that the Karban Ola is Machaper atones for Hirhure Halev, for those, quote, negative thoughts that we have, or the thoughts of our heart, as well as a violation of mitzvahs asay. A person had an opportunity to do a positive mitzvah, 
he, she refrained from so doing, they should bring a mitzvah's assay, a positive uh, carbon of the ola, which the entire uh, animal is burnt on the mizbeach, on the altar, and this is a kapara, an atonement for the negative thoughts, as well as the not fulfilling of the positive mitzvah. Now, when I mention the term the negative thoughts of our heart, so we each conjure up in our mind the idea of doing something bad. And that is correct. However, the Divrei Yisrael, the Mojisa Rebbe, who I heard from Rav Baruch Simon Shlita of Yeshiva University, says something very fascinating, that the Hirhure Halev is not only for those negative thoughts that a person might have had, but even for those positive thoughts that a person had every intention of doing something good and positive, but unfortunately, those positive thoughts were not actualized, and so they went unfulfilled. So for those positive thoughts, for his not calling that friend to see how he is and why he didn't come to work, for his not visiting the shut-in, for his not learning more, for his not davening better, for the many, many nots that he did not actualize, though in his mind he said, this is what I could, should do, the Korban Ola as well atones for those Hirhure Halev. Now if we take a step back and we realize that when the Torah says in Bereshis chapter 1, verse 25, that Hashem created man, B'Tselem in the Elohim, literally in the image of God. So what does that term mean? We know that God is incorporeal, that he has no body. So Rashi says on the spot that Hashem made man, B'Tselemenu, Kidmuseinu, in our image, says Rashi, Lohavin, Ulahas kill, literally to understand, to have intelligence. The idea is that as God creates, and just his thinking about it, Baruch Sha'omar, just his reciting, and the world came into being, so too regarding man. Man was endowed with intelligence and his creative ideas all start with the mind. But our rabbis teach us, starting with the Gemara in Yuma Chavtes Amar Aleph, 29a, that Hirhure Avera, on the top line, Koshume Avera, the thoughts of sin are worse than sin itself. Now what does that mean? It means that when we sin to God, with our bodies, that is a 
sin using the gift that Hashem has given us in the wrong manner. However, it's even a greater rebellion against Hashem when we sin with our intellect, which is that aspect of godliness which Hashem has awarded us. And so, the idea of machshava, as the Nefesh HaChayim points out in Book 1, Chapter 4, that sinning with one's intellect, having negative thoughts, is sinning in one's Kodesh HaKodashim. The brain, the intellect of man, represents his holy of holies because each person is that mikdash ma'at. When God says in Parshas Truma, for asuli mikdash v'shochanti b'socham, and I will dwell in man, it means that man hosts Hashem, and therefore his mind, his intelligence, is the highest form of man. Now, interestingly, the Megillah that we read on Wednesday night and yesterday is still very fresh in our mind. I want to point out to you that in a few places in the Megillah, we speak about Machsheves Haman, literally, come on, the thoughts, the design, the desire of Haman. What's the significance of the design? So the first time we have this is in chapter 8, verse 5, when Esther says, If I am worthy of the favor of the king, let it be written, to literally undo those decrees, Machsheves Haman Ben Gogi, literally the designs, the intention of Haman, showing us that the design itself creates not only the potential for the action, it stems from the design, but the design itself creates a force in this world. And so let's go to chapter 9 in the Megillah, and go to verse 24 and 25. And in verse 24, the summation at the end of the Megillah, the enemy of all the Jews, it was his intention. And finally, in verse 25, and when she came, Esther, she came, and she said, Let his negative thought come to him. That which he wanted to do, there's something there. Now, interestingly, <coughs> the Guru Aryeh, the Maharal, in his commentary on Parshas Shoftim, in the fifth book of the Torah, when the Torah says, lo, you do to the false witnesses, 
what they intended. Two individuals come to Bezdin and they have in their mind to cause somebody either a financial loss or, God forbid, to actually have that person killed. They come and they testify. Is that an action? That could very well be debated if one's speech is an action. But clearly, their thoughts have been now laid out before us. And the halacha says, what do we do? We do to them like they wanted to do. And the Gur'arie, in his commentary on that pasuk, sends you to Megillas Esther and says, take a look. Haman's negative thought came back to him. And so just as in the realm of good, there is this concept of chesed is a boomerang. You do chesed to and for somebody else. It's going to come back to elevate you. And that's not the reason for your doing of chesed. But it's just a reality. The chesed comes and it comes back to help you. Similarly, the negative thoughts of Haman HaRasha came back to be his very downfall. We're going to say tonight in Sing, in Lechododi, at the end of the second paragraph, which begins, Likras Shabbos, Lechuvenelcha, to welcome Shabbos. Let's come and go to welcome her. And what do we praise the Shabbos? Sof Ma'aser B'machshavot Chila. It was the last in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's deeds, but B'machshava, literally, in his thought, it was first. So too, regarding Adam. It's these two entities that our rabbis tell us that Hashem made Adam last, so he would find the whole world waiting for him. But he was B'machshava, in God's thought, if we can use that term, in God's plan, his whole plan was for man to create a world that man can uh, literally emulate God and live that positive life, or God forbid, use his thoughts in a negative way. And Shabbos as well, it represents God's wonderful machshava, the sanctity of the Shabbos, which, please God, we're going to welcome again tonight. There's no question the idea that we are to learn from Parshas Tzav is that all of us are blessed regularly with good machshavos, with positive actions, with things we should do. And then because too often we don't actualize them, we save them for later, that later never occurs. May I make a suggestion that just as we find in yesterday's reading of the, of the Megillah, and we find the concept of Marshava, and we find moreover, Kimuva Kiblu HaYehudim, that yesterday's celebration and the extension today on Shushan Purim, of Purim, which is a day of Kabbalah Satora. At Sinai, we were coerced, 
says the Gemara in Shabbos Peiches. But on Purim, we accepted the Torah willingly. With the acceptance of Torah should come a Kabbalah. And the Kabbalah, the personal acceptance that each person should have, is Emir Hashem. I'm going to try a little bit harder that when I have that intention to call that person, to see how they're doing, to help somebody out, to dive in better, to form a chavrusa, and you can continue the list as it goes on and on. With On a personal note, this is what each one of us should ple- attempt to actualize and not let it, quote, die in its uh, intended state. I don't like it. But it's probably true that the cemetery is full of people with good intentions. We're going to learn from Kimuva Kiblu. We're going to learn from the Karban Ola that it's going to be Machaper, not just on that rare negative Hirhure Halev, but on that common positive thoughts. May we be privileged to actualize them. Shabbat Shalom to all.
J.M. in the A.M., a Shabbat in Liverpool, schlock rock, quite appropriate for a Shushan Purim morning. It's J.M. in the A.M., and as we've been announcing, because it's Shushan Purim, today is the day that we all find out who the three big winners are in the NCSY Summer Program raffle. Many of you are aware of the fact that the NCSY Summer Programs already in the month of March are basically, well, David Cutler can confirm this for us, yes or no. I was going to say basically sold out, but we'll ask him. David Cutler, who, of course, leads the NCSY summer programs, is with us live via telephone for this momentous occasion. David, Shushan Purim Sameach, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Good Nerev Shabbos, and happy Shushan Purim to you as well. Hope your Purim was spectacular, and I hope you've heard from a lot of NCSYers that their Purim was spectacular. We did, Baruch Hashem. Yesterday was an awesome day. Thank God. It always is. So great. All right. Um, this is not a Purim spiel. This is not a Purim joke. Uh, NCSY summer programs for the summer of 2019 has a total of 21 programs. Some people might think that's an exaggeration or joke on this Yushan Purim morning. It's not, David. It's actually 21. Pretty amazing, huh? That's correct. Baruch Hashem. We, we added a couple programs this year, and we are 21 programs strong. And uh, we are, we're hoping to hit our, our record high within a couple of weeks, thank God. The record high that they're anticipating for the NCSY summer programs, everything together, would be 1,750 youngsters from the uh, Jewish community, which is absolutely amazing. You'll recall that last summer in 2018, they uh, broke the 1,600 mark. 1,750 would be a pretty record-shattering number, no? Yeah, it would be pretty awesome, thank God. We're, we're, we're just under 1,600 right now. And uh, Baruch Hashem, it's a very exciting time. Uh, we're growing, and uh, you know, we're, we're really about the the impact is more important than actual the the reach numbers, so to speak. But it's uh, we're, we're very excited. We're uh, the summer can't come quick enough, to be honest with you. Yeah, frankly, if the if the impact wasn't there, you wouldn't have these numbers. <laughs> so so one really does have to do with the other, right? <laughs> correct, correct. We're we're really all about the growth and the education of the kids. That's why we're you know we offer so many. You, you joke about the number twenty one, but it's we have so many different kinds of kids from all different different backgrounds and different places in the world. We have kids coming from, from London. We have kids from Israel. We have kids from Canada. We have kids from all over the United States and, uh, and all, on all sorts of different programs, from a program that learns Torah to a program that has an internship uh, to a program that plays sports here in the United States to all our chesed programs. It's very diverse and uh, it's very exciting. I'm asking strictly from a trivial point of view, uh, what's the most recent program? The most recent one to be added would have been so we added a program called RTC, which doesn't stand for anything at the moment, but it's, uh, it's a boys' travel program, a second-month boys' travel program here in the States, and there are 100 boys, sign, over 100 boys signed up. We have a waiting list for this program. Oh, we had you on right at the beginning of this thing. That's correct. So that, that program, actually, we, we added it this past, you know, a few months ago with the hope of having one bus, maybe 45 to 50 boys. Uh, we have over 120 applicants. Uh, we'll end up taking about 100 or so, but that, that's our newest program, and uh, obviously the results are, are incredible, thank God. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And as 
As we march on to the summer of 2020, everybody, there is a goal, which I'll really put pressure on David and his staff about. Uh, there's a goal of hitting 2,000. We're, we're not going to dwell on that this moment because the 1750 is amazing, but there are even more lofty goals. You'd think that the NCSY summer programs could uh, top out at a specific or certain number, but no, they're not satisfied. They're heading toward a very, very big one. Uh, one year from now. By the way, we should mention, and this is very important for parents because you do welcome those parents who are NCSY parents if they're in Israel to take part. Everybody out there should mark your calendar. It'll be uh, Wednesday, July 17th. To our listeners, it'll be obvious that we'll be there. Wednesday, July 17th, Yom NCSY at Park Ranana in Israel. And you've announced that both Simcha Liner and Ohad are going to participate this year. Yeah, it's really awesome. We're very excited. Uh, we hope anybody who's around will join us. Obviously, it wouldn't be the same if you weren't there. And uh, <laughs> it's a tradition already. I think this makes the Chazaka year or the year after already. But yep. it's uh, it, it's very exciting for us. It's the night where all of our programs come together under one roof and uh, literally blow the roof off of, uh, of Park Renata, which there is no roof, but in theory, if there was one, <laughs> there would. And uh, it's really a fantastic evening, and everyone should come join us. All right, and remember, folks, when you tune in, no matter what method you use to tune in, Simcha Liner and Ohad will be on stage in between all the uh, wonderful presentations that go on at Yom NCSYs. A very, very energetic group of 1,700-plus youngsters, and it's really amazing to be there with those numbers and with all that spirit. David Cutler's with us. He leads the NCSY summer programs. So it's been years now that Shushan Purim has been designated to announce the raffle winners, right? Yes, I think I believe this is the third year in a row, nice. and uh, we really—it's it, a—it's a great raffle. You know, everyone has raffles and different things they do, but this really the first pr- place of this raffle is a free summer program. So. Yeah. It's really sold and marketed to people who have kids on NCSY summer programs, and, and for $36, you really have the chance to win a, a free summer program, which is a pretty good ROI. So uh, thank God we did nicely, and uh, we're very excited to announce the winners on your show. Minutes ago, uh, I was uh, sent the uh, list of winners as drawn at the uh, NCSY offices under proper jurisdiction uh, in New York City, and we have the three winners' names in front of us. Uh, this year, by the way, as uh, usually is the case, a diverse group when you talk about geographically because obviously people from all around the country are entering the NCSY summer program raffle uh, all through the uh, the raffle period. Um, third place, what would be th- what would the third prize be, David Cutler? Third place is a $500 gift card. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to announce that the third place winner in the NCSY summer program raffle this year is Norman Safra of Lawrence, New York, and I believe that would be Dr. Norman Safra. A uh, wonderful old acquaintance uh, out in Lawrence, New York. So Dr. Safra and family will be enjoying a $500 gift card. We say congratulations and mazal tov on this Shushan Purim morning. We go to the second prize. Second prize, David, would be? Two tickets to Israel on LL Airlines. Nice. A, is awesome. You get to say that again. Two free tickets to Israel. A wonderful value for that $36 raffle ticket. Uh, two free tickets to Israel. Round trip with El Al. The second prize winner this year comes from Richmond, California. Edit Israeli, ironically enough. Edit Israeli is the winner of those two round trip tickets to Israel. We say mazal tov and congratulations to Edit from all of us here at JM in the AM. All right. That's a great one. So congratulations going out to California. And we have one to go, everybody. And you know what that is, uh, the first prize. And, uh, David, if uh, I can confirm, I believe you said it already in this conversation, first prize means that the winner of this prize is the grand prize winner. They get to choose a free NCSY summer program. So a summer program, no matter what it costs, for them, 
or for their family, it'll be absolutely free. Am I right? That is correct. And the winner this year comes from Columbus, Ohio, as everybody who's tuned in in Columbus is uh, paying even more attention right now. Columbus, Ohio, congratulations to Smadar Import. Smadar Import of Columbus, Ohio, first prize, first place winner, which means an NCSY summer program for this summer for the Import family will be absolutely Free. David, have you uh, have you made contact? Has anybody uh, in the office said that they know the import family in Columbus? So we know who they are. They actually send kids pretty much every single summer on a nice. summer program. Nice. Sometimes one, sometimes two. And uh, I believe, I can't speak for them, but I'm pretty sure they'll be thrilled. Phenomenal. Yeah, I can, I can imagine they will be. That's for sure. So congratulations, Dr. Norman Safran Lawrence. Congratulations, Edith Israeli in Richmond, California, heading to Israel with those two free tickets. And congratulations to Smadar Import as her family in Columbus enjoys a free NCSY summer program coming up in the summer of 20. 19. David Cutler, it's amazing what you're doing under your jurisdiction, under your watch. This uh, NCSY summer program category has grown incredibly. And as I mentioned earlier, it's not just the numbers, but the impact that's being made on Jewish youth through these programs is unbelievable. It's noteworthy. Jewish leaders take great pride in it. Rabbis around the country uh, take great pride in sending the uh, young men and women of our community to these programs. You should be very proud with all these accomplishments. Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Nachum. We really are, and uh, our parent company, the Orthodox Union, and uh, really our wonderful staff are, are really make, will make the difference. We have the highest staff of, uh, of ratio to kids uh, of anyone out there, and uh, our wonderful educators and the, and the people around the country that make this possible. It's, uh, it's a thrill for us. It's very fulfilling. I can't tell you what a tremendous bracha it is to love what you do. I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way, and yeah. to people you work with. And then our connection to Eric Yisrael is so deep. It's just uh, it's a wonderful thing, Baruch Hashem, and we thank you for being part of I appreciate that. And this past Sunday at the NCSY dinner, when we saw you, we had a chance to see some of the talented people you're alluding to. And I will tell you, uh, just to reiterate, you are surrounded by a tremendous amount of talent. And that's one of the reasons these programs are so effective. Yeah, it really is. It's a, it is a tremendous amount of care and detail that goes into this. And we're, we're literally here, we're, we're a not-for-profit organization that really cares about the education and the growth of kids. And, and it doesn't matter. We're not judgmental what, what your observance, what your background level is. It's, uh, it's a wonderful organization that is committed to kids who are, who are from, kids who are on the way to being from, kids who have no affiliation whatsoever. And that's why that Yom NCSY, as you said, is so special. Because everyone together under one roof, uh, just, just rocking the evening as Jews together. It's a, it's a fantastic experience. And what's better than spending the summer in Israel? Let's be serious. Yeah, anybody at any age would agree with you on that. Congratulations, Madar Import, first place winner in the big NCSY summer program raffle. She is from Columbus, Ohio. David, thank you. Happy Shushan Perman. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Same to you. Have a wonderful Shabbos. And again, thanks for being part of what we do, and uh, we look forward to being in touch. Bezrat Hashem. David Cutler leads the NCSY summer programs. Pretty amazing, everybody, what they do. We are quite proud that we get to make the announcement and let everyone know who's won the big NCSY summer program raffle. Schlock Rock wraps up a Shushan Purim. It's JM in the AM.
Lockrock, Shabbat, and Liverpool wrapping up a Shushan Purim. It's time to say good Shabbos. Journeys at JM in the AM.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Candle lighting coming up in the New York area for today will be at um, 649. 649 in New York. Keep that in mind. Happy Shushan Purim, everybody. Don't forget, Matt, this uh, Sunday morning, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. He'll be live of Rummy tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. Coming up next, Naomi Nachman with Table for Two, the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedden. That starts at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. 1 o'clock for Harry Rothenberg's uh, video blog about Parshas Tzav. And uh, right after that, the uh, Arab Shabbos music mix all the way until candlelighting time, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It is amazing what you will be able to hear if you just keep it on the Nahum Single Network all day long. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great weekend till Monday. Don't forget, Monday morning, a lot of great guests on Monday, including David Matlow of Collecting the Dream, all about Theodore Herzl. He'll be live in the studio. Lots of great stuff coming up on Monday. Till Monday, Nahum Single reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.